0: I'm going to take you to a familiar passage of Scripture. In fact, I think I used this same passage last night. But I felt this, and I've been feeling it for, for several days, and I'll explain a little bit about why and what caught my attention as we get into the message uh, today. But, but I really felt this, and uh, I pray the Lord will help me today to deliver the burden of my heart I know I am the only thing that stands between you and you being able to follow your nose to the alluring aromas that await us downstairs and so I'm going to be battling that all service long but I'm asking the good people of God would you do your best focus in today and to help me as I try to deliver the word of the Lord I would like nothing better than to see some souls saved before we leave this house today I believe the Lord would like nothing better than for that to happen and so for everything we've got planned nothing is more important than seeing lives transformed by the power of the word of God So can we just kind of try to push everything else out of our minds today, and and can I call upon the people of God to help me? Praise God. Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. I said it's a familiar passage, and probably a lot of churches are using this very passage today, but I could not get away from it. I just couldn't. Luke 17, beginning with verse number 11. It came to pass as he went to Jerusalem, that is Jesus, as Jesus was going to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God save this stranger. And he said unto him, arise, go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Were not ten cleansed, Jesus asked in verse 17. Ten were cleansed. Verse 19, he said to this one man, you've been made whole. And so obviously there is a difference between what they receive. I want to try this morning to teach from this thought. Gratitude grants greater grace. Gratitude grants greater grace. Praise God. Amen. I think, Sister Jasmine, I think you may be needed back at the sound booth if you don't mind. I appreciate you sticking around, but um, gratitude grants greater grace. Could we lift our hands, lift our voices, and ask the Lord to help us today? We need the touch of God right now. We need the help of God right now. Jesus, we the of the In the of God, of the Praise, Praise, Praise you, God. Master. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Hallelujah. Gratitude grants greater grace. God bless you. You may be seated today. As I have already pointed out to you, and I'm going to skip over some of these verses today. Um, I, I I want to try to be as aware of the time as I can without rushing through my message today. But I've pointed out to you that, that all ten of these men, these lepers, had been cleansed. Scripture states that the leprosy, that they had battled, and leprosy was a horrible disease. The problem with leprosy is that it destroys the nerve endings and it leaves you without the ability to feel pain. Leprosy itself doesn't generally do any real destruction to the body, but the fact that it destroys the nerve endings is where the problems are because. A person with full-blown leprosy uh, could literally step on on, uh, a pointed object, put a hole in their foot, not even know that it's there. Never realize it happened. I I had heard stories of uh, individuals that, that accidentally poured boiling liquid on themselves. And, and realized it. I, I heard about a missionary that was working with a leper colony who, who accidentally poured some boiling liquid on uh, themselves and then realized at that moment, I've, I've contracted the disease because they didn't feel the pain of that liquid. Um, and and so as a result, and I, I don't want to try to be... Uh, Gross in any of this, but as a result, for many lepers, uh, they would lose limbs, they would lose fingers, they would lose eyes because of infections or uh, various other things that would happen to them, and they didn't feel it, and they didn't know it, and they had no idea that there was a problem. And before they realized it, they were they were crippled or they were blinded or Uh, They had lost uh, a foot or a hand or an arm because of the leprosy that had plagued them. The Bible says that when these men came to Jesus and they cried out to him for help, he cleansed them of the leprosy. What that means is that they were cured of that disease. That means that all of a sudden, the feeling that they had lost, they now had it back. It was restored to them. I'm telling you that they were in much better shape at this moment than what they had been. But there was one of these ten who came back to the Lord and and received from the Lord more than the other nine. For Jesus said to him in verse 19, your faith has made you whole. And this is far different from just being cleansed of the leprosy. Because to be made whole means that all of the necessary elements have been restored. In other words, I want you to understand, and Jesus did this for a purpose, but, but I want you to, to, to envision in your mind ten men, uh, some of them probably coming on crutches, perhaps one or two missing an arm or a hand or some fingers, maybe some who were missing their eyes. And, and, and when they walked away, they had been cleansed of their leprosy, but they were still missing the, the arms and the legs and the eyes and whatever was gone They no longer had leprosy, but they still had the problems that were there. But for one man who came back, the Bible says that he was specifically made whole. Whatever was missing in his life had now been restored. If he was missing a leg, it grew back. If he was missing an eye, it reappeared. Whatever was wrong, this man didn't just have the leprosy cleansed but he was made truly whole and and the thing that brought about this drastic change in his life was the fact that he came back to Jesus and gave him thanks I submit to you today that true thankfulness will number one cause you to go back to the master. If you really appreciate what he's done in your life, you're not going to be satisfied to just walk away. Maybe the reason these men didn't come back is because they were expecting to be made whole. Maybe the reason they didn't come back is because they wanted more than what they got. But one of them, one of them did receive everything God wanted him to have. And it was because of his attitude of gratitude. Amen. Now, the interesting thing is that this phrase that he was made whole. In the original language, the Greek word is sozo. Sozo actually means to save. This man received a greater degree of grace because of the thankfulness that he expressed. Now I'm going to tell you what got my mind going down this road is an article that, that um, uh, someone brought to my attention just a few days ago. And, and this was an article from the Mayo Clinic. I think you're familiar with them. Uh, You know a little bit about Mayo and, um, uh, you know, world-renowned. But they put out an article where they said that gratitude is physically good for us. In fact, one of the sections of the article they titled, Behavior Changes Biology. They said in this article that gratitude improves sleep, it improves mood, it improves the immune system. They said just being thankful can cure depression, anxiety, difficulties associated with chronic pain, and even the risk of disease can all be decreased if we'll just simply have an attitude of gratitude. They said the reason for this scientifically is that these positive gestures of showing our thanks actually releases oxytocin in our body. And oxytocin is a compound that is known to have healing properties and help connect people together. So I'm here to tell you that we receive a great benefit just by being thankful. Isn't it interesting that one of the signs of the last days, there's a lot of terrible things the Bible says is going to happen in the last days. Men are just going to go crazy in a lot of ways. But one of the signs of the last days is that people would become unthankful. Do you realize and understand today that this attitude of not being thankful is actually doing damage to yourself? I'm calling this church today and everybody under the sound of my voice to redevelop a spirit of thanksgiving. Not just a once a week thing that we bring God to our mind, but that we develop an attitude and a spirit whereby we show God our thanks. Well, praise God. If God has been good to you, you ought to show him that he's been good to you. I know if I took a survey today that everybody under the sound of my voice could list a number of problems. We could all talk about things that we're having to deal with. Pain that we're feeling in our body or, or or certain things that are causing us to feel depressed or down. But I'm asking you today, could we take some time in this service and just lay all of our problems aside and say to God I am truly thankful for what you've done. you don't know what may come your way just because you choose today to be thankful in the midst of your adversity, in the midst of your problems, in the midst of your situations, just going back and saying, thank you, Jesus, for what you've done in my life. I, I, I'm, I'm telling you today. That one man who came back to say he was thankful. It's very possible that he was missing a leg. That he was missing an arm. Things weren't perfect. It was still going to be a struggle for him. He couldn't apply for disability. He couldn't get any government assistance. As long as he had the physical handicap, his life was still going to be pretty miserable. But the fact that the leprosy was cured was enough for him to go back and fall at the feet of Jesus and say, I am grateful for what you've done for me. I'm thankful. I may not have gotten everything I wanted, but I'm a whole lot better off now than what I used to be. Is there anybody under the sound of my voice that can look at themselves and say, I may not be where I want to be right now. I may not have everything I want to have, but God, you've been good, and I've got to express my thanks to you. I've got to tell you that I appreciate what you've done in my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. We live in such a world that, that we have become so consumed With ourselves. So consumed with ourselves. I was talking to, I I don't know if I need to get into that, talking to an individual, uh, a salesman, and he was telling me about a a client that he had. And he said uh, the woman was was in a wheelchair, uh, weighed 450 pounds, she was struggling. Uh, with all kinds of health issues, and while he was talking to her, she said, can I be excused for a few minutes? I need to go smoke a cigarette. And he said, I just couldn't imagine. She's already in such bad health. Why does she want to destroy her health? Well, I want to tell you why. Because of the few moments of pleasure she gets out of it. She's more concerned about bringing herself pleasure than she is that the the impact of the loss of her life is going to have on her family. Unfortunately, we just live in a society that is consumed with self. It's all about me. But the Lord is calling us back today to a real spirit of thanksgiving. To come back and say to God, look, I know my life is not perfect. I know it's not everything I'd like for it to have. I'm not living the dream right now. In fact, I may be living a nightmare, but my nightmare could be a whole lot worse if you were not available for me. If I didn't have you to call upon, things could be a whole lot worse than what they are right now. Am I making sense to anybody in this house? I'm telling you, there is greater grace that awaits every one of us. If we could ever learn to look heavenward and say, God, I'm sorry for being so negative. I'm sorry for feeling so depressed. You've been too good to me for me to not take some time and say thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. Praise God. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. You know, unfortunately, a lot of people have that same experience even in their religious existence. There's a lot of folks that that they've received a touch from God. They've received something from God. And they're satisfied to just go on their way and never come back and ask Him for more. Never come back and kneel at his feet again. Oh, how much those other nine missed out on. Because they were content with what they had. And they spent the rest of their lives living well below where they could have been had they just come back again and let God give them more. I'm, I'm here today talking about greater grace that's granted by gratitude in our hearts amen i'm i'm telling you even if you're here today and you say, well, look, I've believed on the Lord. I've accepted the Lord. I've, I've, I've got a relationship with Jesus. I'm here to tell you that's wonderful. I'm not discounting that. I'm not throwing that away. But I am telling you it would still be good for you to go back and fall at his feet again and express some gratitude. You might be surprised. God may just have more for you than what you're experiencing right now. Well, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. I'm not telling you that, that faith is not important. Of course it's important. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. I've skipped over a lot of scriptures. I'm, I'm trying today. But Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 6 says this. But
1: without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek
0: him. You know, there, there are very few things, very few things, that the Bible ever calls impossible. Very few things. Impossible is just one of those words that that God rarely uses. Because with Him, all things are possible. This is not a question about with Him. This is a question about with us. And here's what the Scripture says. As the, as the apostle wrote under the inspiration of the Spirit, the Scripture says it is impossible for us to please God if we don't have faith. So that's saying a lot. To even use that term is saying a lot. It ought to stand out in our mind. I mean, this ought to be a flashing neon sign when we read our Bibles because so few things are impossible. But this one is, that's how important faith is. Faith is absolutely essential. But I'm here to declare to you today that faith is not the end of your spiritual journey. And unfortunately, that's where too many people pitch their tents. They stop right there at the point of faith and they feel like that's all I need. I've got everything I need. And I'm here to tell you that's just the beginning. You're just like these nine lepers. Yes, he's touched you. Yes, he's given you something. But I'm here to proclaim to you today there is something far, far greater than just faith. In fact, if we'll read just a little bit further beyond Hebrews chapter 11, we come into the book of James, and James chapter 2, verse uh, 14 says this
1: What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and hath not works? Can faith save him?
0: Can faith save? This is a rhetorical question. The answer to this question is an obvious no. Faith alone. Cannot save him. Right. Read verses seventeen and
1: eighteen. Even so, faith, if it has, if it hath not works, is dead. Being alone. And this is
0: the reason why faith alone doesn't save us, because without works, it's dead. Right. Can I tell you that when it comes to faith, even the devil has faith. Yeah. True. Yeah.
1: The devil has faith. Right. Read James two nineteen. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. And so in this very, I mean, he's read for us
0: verse 14, verse 17, verse 18, now verse 19. It's all in context. And in the context of talking to us about how faith alone is not sufficient, something's got to be added to our faith. In that context, he says, look, even the devils have faith. So then why aren't the devil saved? I'll tell you why. Because their works don't back up their faith. The devil's faith never goes beyond his belief. And so James says again in the very next verse, in verse 20,
1: But wilt thou, O vain man, that faith... Be- But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Faith without works
0: is dead. And then verse 26, he says it again.
1: For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. And so I'm here
0: to proclaim to you today. I'm here to tell you today. Thank God for your faith. Thank God that you've got faith in Jesus. I'm not discounting that. I'm only telling you that you're just like the nine lepers. He's given you a touch, but that's not where he wants it to stop. He wants to extend greater grace to you than just believing. He wants to extend greater grace to you than you just having faith in Him. Than you just knowing that He died and was buried and rose again. He wants to extend greater grace to you. But you've got to go back to Him again and let Him give you that next touch. Let me show you something else about our faith. John 17 verse 20.
1: Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which, shall believe, on which shall
0: believe on me through their work. And so here Jesus makes it clear there's a qualifier to our faith. It's not just our works, but the fact is that our faith has got to be based on what the apostles said. Let me show you something else Jesus taught. Mark 16 and 16.
1: He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And so here
0: Jesus also adds this caveat. That added to your faith, he that believeth, there's something else you've got to do beyond believing. You've got to be baptized. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. In fact, Jesus taught that baptism is a part of the new birth. John chapter 3, verses 3 through 5.
1: And Jesus Jesus answered and said to him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's right. womb and be born? Jesus answered, verily, verily, Perily, I say, I to say thee, unto thee. Except a man be born of water and yes. of the Spirit, yes. he cannot He enter
0: cannot enter. These are the words of Jesus himself. Jesus said, you're not going to enter except you are born of water and born of the Spirit. That's the only way you're getting in. Thank God for your faith. Thank God you believe. Thank God you've got that experience. But, but I implore you today, don't stop with just believing. Let Him give you the greater grace. Let Him give you something more than what you have right now. Hallelujah. Listen, Jesus said a lot about believing. It's not just believing in your heart that he's been raised from the dead. Jesus talked a lot about believing. Your believing has got to be according to the apostles. Your believing has got to be accompanied with baptism. Let me show you something else he said about believing. John chapter 7, verses 38 and 39.
1: He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit which they that believe on him should receive. The Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified. And
0: so here I'm telling you that Jesus makes it very clear that when you really believe the way the Scriptures want you to believe, you're not only going to associate that and accompany that with baptism, but it's going to be accompanied with receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. I'm here to tell you God's got greater grace for you than just believing. God wants to take you deeper than just believing. Praise God. Praise God. Amen, amen. I've got to hurry. I'm going to skip over a few more of these verses here. Let me take you to a few examples in the Scripture here today. Uh, first of all, let's go to Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8 and verses 5 through 8. Acts 8, verses 5 through 8.
1: Then it's, Philip went down to the city of Samaria uh-huh. and preached Christ unto them. Yes, yes. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spoke. spoke, Hearing and seeing the miracles which he did.
0: Now, they gave heed to what he said. They they heard him. They saw the miracles. These people believed uh, Philip. In fact, I'm going to prove that in just a moment. Keep reading.
1: For unclean spirits crying with loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them. And many taken with palsies and that were lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. Now, look,
0: these people are believing. In fact, go ahead and read verse 12 for me.
1: But when they believed Philip preaching, they believed
0: Philip preaching the things concerning the the kingdom the kingdom of God.
1: And the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized both men and women. Here
0: I'm showing you a group of people who went to the Lord and received their first touch. They received that amount of grace. They were believers. They had that first step. And in fact they had great joy. They saw miracles. They saw demons cast out. But I submit to you today, they were not finished. God wasn't done with their experience. There was still greater grace than what they found in just believing.
1: We find this in verses 14 through 17. Now when the apostles, which were at Jerusalem, heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Uh Uh-huh. Then lay they, then their, lay hands they their, them, their hands on them and they received the, Holy, they Ghost.
0: Received the Holy Ghost. I, I'm here to show you they received greater grace because they didn't stop with the joy that they felt the moment they believed. They didn't stop with the experience that they had way back when. But they kept pressing on. They kept following through until greater grace was granted to them. I'm preaching to you today. I'm trying to help you today. Thank God for the experience you've got. But I'm going to tell you, there's so much more that God wants to give. There's so much more that God wants you to experience. He wants you to go beyond just believing. He wants you to go beyond just being baptized. He wants you to experience everything that he has available for you. God has greater grace. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's go just two chapters over into Acts chapter 10 and see yet another example.
1: Acts chapter 10 beginning with verse 1. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man and one that feared God with all his house. All right, now now please look at this.
0: This is a devout man. He's a religious
1: man. Which gave much alms to he the people. He
0: feared God with all of his house. Now, now, you understand that terminology. That means not only did Cornelius live righteously and do what's right, but Cornelius made sure his household did the same thing. Cornelius made sure his wife and children lived this way. He gave much alms to the people. He prayed to God always.
1: He, he saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming into him and saying unto him, Cornelius. Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? Uh huh. And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon whose surname is Peter. He lodgeth with one Simon a tanner, whose house is by the seaside. Now, he now, shall now, t-
0: now, before you read that last statement, let's talk about this. Religious man. He's got faith. There's no question he's got faith. In fact, he's got such an experience with God that an angel visited him. I would dare say, most likely, That's an experience greater than any of us have ever had. We can't deny that this man had an experience with God. But I'm telling you, that's not all God wanted him to have. Look, if we believed and one day an angel appeared to us, I think we could go around rejoicing feeling pretty good about how things are going in our lives. I mean, God loved me enough. He sent an angel to come talk to me. We'd be rejoicing over that. But I want you to notice what the angel said to him when he told him to go find uh, Simon Peter, who was living with Simon the Tanner. He said his house is by the seaside, and then here's what he said.
1: He shall tell, thee,
0: he shall tell what thee what thou
1: oughtest to what,
0: do. Look Cornelius I want you to know and understand that God appreciates the gratitude you've expressed. God appreciates the experience that you possess. But listen to me Cornelius, you're not finished. God is not done with you. There is greater grace for you. There is something more for you. You don't have everything you need just yet. Why don't you press on a little harder why don't you push just a little bit more why don't you go just a little bit farther why don't you keep going until you experience the greater grace yes, sir. Yes, sir. and so he did exactly what the angel told him to do he sent for simon peter simon peter came and preached to cornelius and his household and we pick up the story in chapter 10, verses 44 through 48.
1: While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter. Because that on the Gentiles, on the also, Gentiles
0: also was poured
1: out the, gift, poured of the, out the gift
0: of the Holy Ghost. And how did they know they'd received
1: it? For they heard them because
0: speak they with the heard them speak with tongues. That's how God. they knew they'd received it. They heard them Speak with tongues. Amen. That was the sign they had received greater grace. Amen. And even then, they're not finished. Read on.
1: Then Peter, then answered Peter. Then answered Peter. Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized? which have received the Holy Ghost Uh as well as we. Right, and he commanded commanded them them to be baptized baptized in the name of the Lord
0: not saying Father, Son and Holy Ghost but to be baptized in the name of the Lord I'm going to tell you because here was a man with gratefulness in his heart God looked down and granted him greater grace and God took him further and God gave him more and listen to me my friend that same promise is for you that same thing Is available to you today God has put it on my heart To let you know Amen I'm thankful That you've had an experience I'm thankful That you've got faith But I am here to declare Don't stop where you are Why don't you kneel At the Lord's feet today Amen And an attitude of gratitude And see if God Won't grant you greater grace Than you've ever experienced before One more, just one more example before I quit today. Acts chapter 19, we're just turning over a few more pages. Isn't it amazing? You know, the Bible, one of the things, one of the rules of Bible interpretation is that you need two or three witnesses. And the Bible, here I'm giving you just three, and that's not all, but, but these are three Witnesses. Of the very same thing happening, religious people, good people, believers, people with faith who were just living their lives content with what they had, but God had more.
1: Let's,
0: Let's go to Acts chapter 19, verses 1 and 2.
1: And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coasts, came to Ephesus, and finding certain disciples, he said unto them now,
0: now these are these are disciples. They're disciples. All right, read.
1: Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed?
0: Have you received the Holy Ghost since you did what? Believed. These people have had that first touch. These are believers. These are believers. Are you hearing me today? They've got faith. They believe the word of God. But Paul wanted to know if I could put it in terms of my message today. Paul is asking them, have you received the greater grace? You've received the grace to believe. But have you received the greater grace? Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said,
1: we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost.
0: No, we haven't even heard about it. Read.
1: And he said unto them, he said unto them, to what then were you baptized? Uh-huh. And he said unto John's baptism. Right. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him, which should come after him. That is on Christ Jesus. All right, so, so
0: here he clearly asked them, have you been baptized? Oh, yeah, we've already been baptized. Right. But he's still not satisfied with where they are. There is still more for them than what they have experienced so far. They've believed. They've accepted truth that they know. The things that they know. They've followed everything they know. They are students of the scripture. They've repented. John wouldn't baptize anybody who had not repented and proved that they'd repented by their actions. And that's who these people were. And yet Paul was not satisfied. And Paul didn't want them to be satisfied. Paul said John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance saying that you should believe on him which should come after him. That is on Christ Jesus. And what happened next?
1: When they heard this, they they were baptized. They were baptized. They'd already
0: been baptized once, but now they come back and they get baptized again. What's the difference? This time, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They took on that only saving name. I'm telling you, something's happening. There's a transformation taking place. Thank God for where they were. Thank God for who they were. Thank God for what they believed. Thank God for what they experienced. But it wasn't enough. They had to have more. And so they were baptized again. This time in the name of the Lord Jesus. Read... And when Paul and had, when laid, Paul his had laid his them, hands upon the them, Holy the Holy Ghost came on them, them, and they spake, and they tongues spake and with tongues and prophesied. And all the men were about twelve. I'm here to tell you, here's a dozen believers, a dozen people that had received a first touch, a dozen lepers that had been cleansed of the sin of leprosy, but it wasn't enough. They had to go back and fall at his feet again. He wanted to give them greater grace. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody here today. I'm here to tell you there is more than what you've got right now there's a greater experience there's a deeper power there is something more than what you're feeling right now in your life don't stop with just being cleansed go on and receive the greater grace to be made whole hallelujah Let's stand this morning as I come to a close. I want to know, have you only received a touch from God? Or have you received everything that God wants you to have? Again, please don't misunderstand me. I'm thankful, I really am, for every person that has accepted Christ. But I'm here to tell you, they haven't been made whole. I'm thankful for everyone who has made a profession of faith. I am. But I also want you to know they have not been made whole. I'm thankful for everybody that has believed in their heart and confessed with their mouth. But please hear me today. They have not been made whole. Don't stop. With just the cleansing. Go on and find the greater grace. When asked on the day of Pentecost how to be saved. That is how to be made whole. Remember that word. With that leper that came back he was made whole. And that word was sozo. It's to be saved. And so these people are asking Peter. How can I be made whole? How can I be saved? Peter gives them the answer. Acts chapter 2, verses 37 to 39.
1: Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent.
0: Peter said to them, Not just believe. Look, he's preaching to believers. He's preaching to people who believe. He didn't say believe. He didn't say accept. He didn't say confess. He said repent
1: and be baptized, be baptized every baptized one of you in the name of Jesus of Christ. In
0: the name
1: of Jesus Christ for the remission of for sins. For the
0: remission of sins.
1: And you shall receive, you the, gift shall the, receive
0: the gift of the Holy Ghost.
1: For this promise, For the is, unto promise is to you, to your children, it's to your children, it's to
0: all that are afar it's off, are afar even, off. As many even as, as many God as shall. the Lord our God shall call. Don't stop with just a touch from God. Fall at His feet in gratitude, and watch Him extend to you greater grace. I promise you when that happens, He's opening the door to make you whole through the process of biblical salvation. Let's lift our hands and talk to the Lord right now, can we? Church, would you help me pray? I'm reaching for somebody right now. Help me pray, church. Come on, let's lift our voices. Let's lift our voices. Come on, let's talk to him. Would you ask God to speak to hearts right now, saints? Come on, pray. What about it, friend, today? You're here in this place. I'm not saying you don't have a relationship with God. I'm just saying there's more for you. And it's available to you today. You can have it before you leave this service. Would you want to go through the rest of your life? Yes, cleansed from leprosy, but crippled, halt, main, blind. Why? When you can experience the wholeness that comes through the greater grace. These altars are open today. I wonder if there's anybody that feels a need to come and kneel before the Lord. Is there anybody today, anybody here who does not have the gift of the Holy Ghost, God would love to fill you today. Why don't we all come? Let's everybody come. Let's find a place to pray. Why don't we express thanks to God right now?